Hello and welcome to the Reference Point Podcast. I'm your host, Paulo, and today I'm joined by my two sensational co-hosts, Matthew and Anthony. That's us. Hey, it's uh, it's good to be back talking about yet another Marvel project. This shit does not end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Star Wars cannot keep up and neither can DC. So today we're going to be talking about She-Hulk, Attorney Outlaw. Attorney <laughs> Yes, <laughs> attorney at law, because it was a law show, totally. Absolutely. General thoughts? General thoughts. Anthony, go first. Well, I got to say, uh, I really enjoyed the show. It was it was a fun sitcom-like TV show. It's not exactly what you expect from Marvel Studios. It's not like uh, an A plot, like one main storyline going from start to finish, kind of like bunch of episodes that don't really have much to do with a real plot but kind of still are fun to watch and you have a good time with Mm -hmm. this show is uh i don't know if you've noticed is incredibly divisive online oh fuck (laughs) so what i will say is uh if you hate the show and you're tuning in uh expecting us to completely trash it it's not exactly what you're gonna get but i will suggest to maybe stick around uh because we might say some things that you might find interesting um what i do appreciate about this show is kind of what I really appreciate about phase four in general is that it does feel very different. It feels like a, a big swing and you might say it's a miss, but I think it's a huge risk for Marvel Studios uh, to deliver something this different. Like Anthony said, this kind of feels like a slice of life comedy that doesn't have to rely on the most uh, you know tight uh, interconnectivity, uh, if you will. Not the most tight-knit storytelling, to say the least. Absolutely not. Uh, Now, what I do kind of like is that the writing team is very much aware of all of that. Mm. Uh, But it can still be to the show's ultimate detriment. So, uh, ultimately, I did feel like the show was entertaining. Uh, It was fun. I don't think it was as funny as it could have been. But overall, I also just don't think that with this type of premise... Uh, they really didn't take advantage of everything as well as they could have, uh, basically on a, on a, on a character level and on a storytelling level. Uh, some might say on a visual effects level, I actually thought the VFX were very, very excellent I for a they vast, were pretty good. Yeah. I thought it was very good for a vast majority of the show. Uh, a of couple course. scenes here and there, of course, but I think there's some really impressive VFX work in my opinion, but I, I think a lot of people were just coming off that first trailer where it didn't really look that good. And yeah. they just said, Oh, it sucks. And they never improve VFX, even though they always do. Right. So, exactly. But so they improved it. And I, I got to say, it didn't really bother me. It didn't really like stick out to me in a lot of scenes. So mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about this show. Like I get the premise. I get that it's a sitcom, but I don't know. That's not really what I wanted out of the series. Like, I wanted something that was more of like a direct story. It didn't have to be so interconnected, but something that followed through with a like one arc with like a continuous story rather than just cut up into bits and then just like random just bullshit anywhere. And I really do feel like the meta humor worked at first, but then it kind of really goes off the deep end to very much the detriment of the series. You're talking in the last episode specifically, right? Yeah. Without going into spoilers. Okay. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, it's like we're kind of tuning in for something to happen. And like the show just had so many scenes of nothing with basically a bare minimum of a plot sprinkled throughout, which then doesn't really even get resolved. Oh, it does get resolved, but uh, maybe not just, in a way that you expect. Yeah, exactly. Not in a satisfactory way, I would say. Right. But that's like a lot more for the spoiler talk. We'll save that for later. Yeah. I would just say like ultimately I was just disappointed, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because I had too high expectations or if this was just not something meant for me to enjoy and was I, meant for a certain audience. I just feel like, you know, I don't watch a sitcom like Seinfeld or uh, Parks and Rec and be like, and I watch an episode and I have a good laugh and say, but where's the plot in this episode? You know, it's like, right. There's always a plot in every episode, but is there a giant interconnecting story? Not really. Yeah, well, but like, that's going into Seinfeld or whatever. You kind of have that expectation where it's just a sitcom. With She-Hulk, it's ultimately part of the MCU. It's got that baggage where it has to tell something. It doesn't have to connect to the main universe, but like you kind of have that expectation of like, okay, we're getting introduced to a new character. Let's see this character grow and become this hero. 
let's see how especially in her case how she relates to bruce and how like you know having a second hulk out there especially with like the fallout of the hulk himself abomination how that works in the public sphere and even just in all honesty really explore the legal side that would have been so interesting well for me yeah like just to chime in quickly i feel like that's probably one of the things that disappointed me the most Uh, i do feel like while some episodes uh here and there were ultimately about a specific case take for instance episodes um four and five let's say um I do feel like the show kind of squandered in its potential, especially for the legal drama. Especially aspect. in the second half. I found like in the first half, they had a bigger focus on it. But in the second half, they kind of just like forgot about God. it. What, yeah, what I do appreciate, though, is that they genuinely decide to focus a lot on Jen's character growth and ultimately coming to terms with something that her cousin Bruce tells her in episode one. And then that's something uh, somebody else says in the second last episode to her, which I thought was one of the best parts in the show that we'll get to. Um, But I think her coming to terms with the fact that she ultimately needs to balance both her life as Jen and her life as She-Hulk and how she could do uh, good in both of those uh, aspects um, I think it was was really really great. Could it have also been better? Yes, um, but I just feel like it wasn't as good as it could have been because the show felt very uneven in, in what it was trying to accomplish. It wanted to do this, it wanted to do that, it wanted to do this, wanted to do that. It was just a little bit too much going on uh, with and 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 for me the 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 disconnectedness, if you will, f- came more in my opinion from the writing team, almost as if they didn't really know exactly what they wanted from the show until the very last episode when it kind of like all everything gets blown up in our faces right um so yeah it kind of just feels like the writing team really didn't know what they were doing i'll be real i don't know i don't i don't know about that but um i think that they had one joke that they really wanted to tell which was the last episode and they created this whole narrative just to build up to it that's at least how i felt Mm. what did you okay so what did you think of the humor in the show I thought it was pretty like I thought it was pretty funny. It was nothing like mm-hmm. mind mind boggling. Not, that's not the word I'm looking for. It was nothing like titillating. Yeah, I like I wasn't on the floor every episode. Right. I thought the the Wong episode was like really really funny, and that's about and that's about it. Every episode gave me a couple laughs, but I wasn't like mm-hmm. you know watching a comedy movie and having a laugh like like a, it wasn't the funniest thing in the MCU for me. I think the cast, if anything, really, really elevates the material. Like Tatiana Maslany, uh, who plays uh, Jennifer Walters, aka She-Hulk, in the show, I think is like Ms. Marvel, uh, another gift. No, she to ki- she, she is killed just, it. Like th- what a what an amazing screen presence. She's such a delight. Yeah, she was genuinely a highlight for me. Oh my god, I I like the supporting cast uh, as well. In terms of their, I, I guess, chemistry, if you will. Uh, but as characters, I feel like every other supporting character felt rather kind of shallow, one-dimensional. Uh, I felt like uh, they underutilized a lot of them, too. Like that guy Pug. He, he was like, he's funny and the scenes he's in, he's great and whatnot. But I feel like he wasn't in the show that much. Yeah, I, I liked his little interactions that he had with uh, Jen's best friend. What was her name again? Uh, uh, Nikki. Nikki, that's right. Um, so the way they play off each other, I think was really, really fun. It's just, you know, ultimately I didn't think there was much meat to, to, to grab onto. I don't know if, if you will. I, I, I get what you mean. It's like, I found like out of all the side characters, the only one who was really fleshed out the most was probably Nikki. And that's about it. No, I, I disagree. I don't even yeah. find her that fleshed out at all. Well, I, okay. In, when I say fleshed out, I mean like she's in like a lot of scenes compared to all the other side characters. Right. And she has like the bare minimum of just not even character development but just like she's just there for comedic relief yeah you know nikki just feels like she has so much character because she just shows up so often she's still a one-dimensional character like everyone else but it's just the sheer volume of scenes she she shows up in just makes her like a 1.5 dimensional character in all honesty Mm. Um, something I want to mention, I feel like there's there's a lot of vitriol on the show online, like I mentioned before, um, that I do feel like is overblown. I don't know if you uh, <laughs> if you guys kind of kind of see the points of view of people I, online. I, I love or, when we talk about other people's opinions. It, it, it's great. <laughs> I, I just feel like th- there's just so much hatred, you know, geared towards the show that is just completely, I think, uh, overblown. Right. 
just like almost anything Marvel puts out nowadays. It's because no, but this especially like yeah, this, this is this, getting like I'm not gonna pretend like this, this isn't is, like this is like the insanity, most review bombed like Marvel property ever, and the hey, amount of call Captain Marvel and say that. <laughs> no, but like look, go on Twitter, man. Like go on Twitter and just like look at the things that people say, and and it's funny because I know people who love the show up until the last episode. I know the people who love the first two episodes or one episode and then kind of like got off the rails a little bit with it and then kind of started liking it a bit again towards the end i know people from all ends of the spectrum with this show and the things that i see online uh are absolutely kind of crazy to me i don't know it's because that's kind of what the internet culture has become it's like you when you hate something you have to over hate it you have to point out every single problem with it you have to completely destroy it in order to convince other people that it's like i'm right i know this sucks because i hate it instead of just saying either it sucks because xyz or it didn't jive with me and the thing is they'll never stop doing this they're always going to overblow it because they've essentially built their livelihood on this like at the end of the day all these youtubers who do these fucking stupid clickbait videos they're just making money off it. That's why they make 50,000 Brie Larson videos because them and their audience will eat that shit up and they're going to constantly be watching it. There's It's a cycle of never-ending hatred that ends up being really profitable. So it's not that it's overblown because people hate it so much. It's just overblown because they need to do it this way so they can generate revenue. Like, look, if you hated the show because you felt like, oh... I genuinely didn't appreciate uh, the storytelling uh, or it just genuinely wasn't for me. This isn't my type of show that I like to watch and you really hate it for that reason. You know, look, man, I implore you to say your opinion. I think it's a very valid opinion. Agreed. What I kind of don't... Not want, always valid. Well, what, no, no, what no, I, look, it is 100% valid. It's just the problem is those people who overblow it ruin it for everyone well, not even overblowing at- i just feel like that, look there's a big difference between saying i hated the show because x y and z didn't work for me and there's another reason for hating the show where that i don't really necessarily agree with where it's like i hate the show because it's a uh, pure fe- feminist liberal uh, propaganda nonsense mm-hmm. that is uh they're, they're, they're shoving crap down my throat political drama that i don't want to hear it's like okay and then there's other people as well who watch she that i've also seen tweets of and it's like oh i love this show i about the finale especially i thought the finale was brilliant it was absolutely amazing and if you think otherwise then you're a misogynistic bastard like what like i agree with that like people need to (laughs) like everybody just needs to calm the fuck down with this show because like it is just absolute madness discourse in general it's just gotten so fucking stupid where it's like you can't express an opinion anymore without it becoming like you're on this side or this side and it's honestly it as stupid as it sounds it all comes back to star wars yeah no i really i was actually just about to bring because up star wars man people hated this and then they made it political instead of just saying i hate this movie because it does this and then people overcorrect and then you get this stupid toxic drama book of boba fett sucked yeah i get it no, it's because when they express a negative opinion, you have those who say the most outrageous stupidity, and then that gets lumped in with genuine criticism. Right. And then because people who's only said negative things related it to this outrageous shit, so therefore, if you dislike the movie, you have to think the same way. Right. And that creates this huge wave of overcorrection. Right. There's no more space for nuanced opinion on the internet. And in all honesty, She-Hulk is a really big example of that, where it's like, you can't have a nuanced opinion. You can't say like, I dislike the show because of storytelling, because of this, because of the characters. Now it's just, I hate this thing because, oh, it's so political, it's this, that. And then you have people where it's like, oh, you're a misogynist if you dislike it. But it's like, no, I just had this kind of expectation. I was not met, therefore I didn't like it. The show is only filled with horrible men. What, what, what a great example it's setting for, for, for us. It's like, well, no, it's not only filled with horrible men. Yeah, there are there horrible men in it, yes. And they villainize these horrible men because no one should look up to these horrible men. You understand? Exactly. It's like, it's like no, no, we need to point our fingers and say these are bad types of people. Meanwhile, in the show, there are also other supporting characters who are male, who are great. And exactly. who actually... Like Pug. Who, yes, but I was talking about two other people who actually kind of prove to jen that she's wrong in a sense which really helps with her character growth Mm -hmm. 
something else about about the uh, the whole political uh, nature of the show. Uh, you guys uh, take people online too seriously. <laughs> but kind of like from look from like a week to week basis, it's almost as if the writing team knew exactly how social media would react to what was happening in the show. It's as if like even the jokes like they were tailor crafted when it came to breaking the fourth wall about addressing tropes, about addressing the way people would react online about to, Wong, about Wong, <laughs> everything. Just like in a way in that kind of sense, I really really appreciated what they did and I found it laugh out loud funny that could as be a social of, commentary and political That could be side one of thing. two things. Yeah. Either they're terminally online. Yes. Or goddamn crunch is real they wrote the episode like two weeks before because they saw the reactions these deadlines are so unfair they're really getting close with these deadlines now <laughs> anyway so okay so look i think that's a it's a good general uh, general talk uh, wrap up so i guess we'll move over to spoilers Let's dive into some characters who uh, we didn't really talk about much. So Jen fucked Daredevil, as we predicted, first, before anyone else. We did. Here, here. Yeah, I did, yes. <laughs> I, guys, I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to say this right now. I don't actually think we ever said it on the show, so... <laughs> no, no, I'm 99% well, sure. Well, I know you, we tweeted it for sure, 100%. This was like a while ago. No, it was like I back kept, in July. I, I kept telling it. people about it. I kept saying it. I'm telling you guys, I, I said it first. I know it. <laughs> So what really made you believe that they were going to Stieg? Well, let's be real. It all started off with when I saw this trailer and I see that she's on these all these dating apps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And anyone who reads Daredevil knows one thing about Daredevil is that he fucks. So we all knew Daredevil was probably going to be in this show. Yeah, he does. And he's going to fuck. Yeah. So who's he going to fuck? The girl on the dating apps, which is She-Hulk. It's gonna, it was going to happen. I was happy with it. And they had such good chemistry. It really worked. I, 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 that Daredevil episode, episode 8, was so good. So That was like, oh, it made me so happy. It was like seeing the Lee and Kirby books come to life. Oh, it made me so happy watching that. Okay, so you just like jumped ahead like eight yeah, episodes. Yeah, I, I really did. So I'm let's sorry. Just, let's just talk about then. What was, was your favorite part of the show? I was going to just say before we do, you know, Daredevil fucks, right? Right. But have you ever heard of the phenomenon of DD, Doom Dick, where every g- girl that Daredevil had sex with died in the comics? That's that's not true. She it is. It is. You. I've seen a lot of threads on Twitter point this out. And there's jokes going around that She-Hulk's going to die and, next. And you're talking about the writers being terminally online. Look, guys, speaking of smashing, I want you to Hulk smash that like button if you're watching this on YouTube. <laughs> that was so forced. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I want you to smash that like button like it's Matt Murdock. Let's do it. <laughs> Come on, show Brilliant. your support. Also, while you're at it, please subscribe to the ORTV YouTube channel. <laughs> Subscriber count is the only thing YouTube actually cares about. So do that if you haven't already subscribed. Hit that bell notification too. <laughs> okay all right shameless plugs let's do it let's keep going so so yeah uh i guess let's start with like the first kind of big character mm. the hulk yeah how do you think he was handled because i think he was handled perfectly fine as yep. opposed to what everyone says exactly what i thought it was gonna be professor hulk and that's it i like professor hulk i said it before i'm a big hulk fan professor hulk i like him but we we, we got to get back to savage hulk soon sometime soon i i, I love me a savage hulk we we got to get back to yeah, that. I agree. yeah but uh, what we did see i absolutely loved with uh, with bruce i thought it was fantastic once again tatiana maslany has incredible chemistry with literally anybody she blesses the screen with uh, incredible uh i really bought them as cousins i really bought him being kind of upset that she's sort of like you know uh dismissing his his teachings or she's already just so good uh, throwing away the book <laughs> yeah and then no but the, dude even at the end when it's like um i i earned the powers in the last episode you know yeah. from the villain it's like that's literally what people were saying in episode one about she hulk not earning the powers not earning <laughs> exactly it's like it's incredible like these writers are just oh my god that they, was so they have funny. moments of genius anyway so i, I gotta say underrated moment in the first episode is uh the first time she she uh, breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Is when, you know, when Hulk says, oh, you can go back to your job. And she goes, oh, uh, he doesn't really mean that or whatever. And yes. it's like, and you could see she does a double take of like, wait, what did I just do? Yes, exactly. Like, I actually really enjoyed that one. It was like a nice subtle moment. It's, yeah. It's great. I liked, I liked their fight. I thought their fight was good. Um, I like that with Hulk, he portrays himself as a guy who's been in it for as long as he is. 
and he's really genuinely trying to help out Absolutely. and Jen is being really dismissive and he's right and you could tell he's getting frustrated and he doesn't want to like hulk out and I really appreciate that he's trying yeah and it's really interesting and really adds to Jen's half arc I don't appreciate the fact that the jeep was able to move the Hulk, but like you know when she when she uh, rams into him. I, I don't think he was trying to kill his cousin. Keep in mind, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, true. I know, but like, like no, I understand, but like you know. I don't think he was trying to do anything bad. Like I, I could I could no, accept no, it. No, I, I just don't that's buy different. the fact that the the jeep is physically able to move the Hulk. Like, Did it catch him by surprise? I barely remember that scene. Yeah, it's okay, whatever. But uh, I thought it, everything else worked really really well. I, I like. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna make you laugh, but I actually like the off-screen development that they did of. We're talking about him and Tony Stark building the bar and whatnot. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't have to see that. Like him saying it is good enough for me. Yeah, it's yeah. sweet. It's it's nice end game uh, post uh, snap stuff. That Absolutely, you I want to see more of that stuff. I th- I think that's always very endearing. You know. Also, we got to talk about this because uh, we haven't said it yet. But mm-hmm. uh, Steve Rogers fucks. Oh my god! I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I kind of uh, really uh, maybe repositioned my, uh, my 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 perception of Steve Rogers in the, <laughs> during the forties. Uh, I mean, come on, we all know he, he must have done something. The poor man, he, he was a skinny little boy. I, he wanted to get some action. He became a big man. I I could believe he it. He had happened. sex with Star Lord's grandmother, guys. No, that's not true. It's not canon. Don't say that. <laughs> Stop spreading misinformation. Just to explain this, the actress who um, Laura Haddock. Yes, I think I so. Hope. Point is, uh, that actress plays uh, Star-Lord's mom, basically, in Guardians of the Galaxy. And you also see that same actress uh, be starstruck with Steve Rogers in, in the, the 1940s in Captain America, the first Avenger. So yeah. mm-hmm. there's a theory that uh, he, he, he had sex with, uh, with, Chris, uh, with, Chris, with Chris Pratt's, Pratt's grandmother. <laughs> grandmother. <laughs> Not anyway. Star-Lord, but Chris Pratt himself. Chris Pratt himself. Chris Pratt himself. <laughs> so now the next big thing would be Emil Blonsky. Yeah. That was, I'll be real a big bag fumble like it start off strong with that mm. premise where he's like oh like he's reformed and whatnot and he wants to get out and like part of me felt like there was twinges of like he's manipulating her just mm. because like you know he brings up he was used and all this but he made decisions in that movie where it's like he didn't have to he was doing it for the sake of well, I think evil? he really was uh, kind of influenced by the super soldier serum, kind of like uh, messing with his head in a sense. So, oh, for sure. No, you could have a debate there. Very like, unstable, there's no yeah. right or wrong answer. I'm just saying, like, that's the kind of interpretation sure. I had. And then they just kind of really decided, you know, this villain, this famous Hulk villain that yeah. everyone loves, let's not make him a villain anymore. Let's make him just like. Reminded me of Korg. Guy. Not even because at least Korg, what? Why? Just like when he's like I, I made of perishable rocks, you know. Like it's just like and he's then, literally Tim Roth doing his regular voice. I know, but <laughs> I, I just, I just find, I just reminds me of Korg. I, I can't explain it. Okay. Just this big like creature that's just kind of like that, soft that, on the inside. Like I don't yeah, know. I, I, get, remind, okay, I kind of get where you're coming from. You know? I see where you're coming from. But that to me, that just is a symbol of a bigger problem. Where it's like, why can't we have a villain that's a villain? Like. Abomination's cool in the comics. Like I remember when we had those old Hulk books and he would fight Abomination. That stuff was badass. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, that opportunity's gone now because he's he's nice. He he just wants to be a spiritual leader. He wants to lead like sweatshops and tents and stuff like that. It's like, no, I Sweat lodge. Yeah, like, <laughs> what is he cooking? Sweat lodge. Yes. Yeah. Sweat lodge. <laughs> I was like, what was he making? <laughs> Nikes or what was he paying his workers, man? <laughs> Look, it just like ultimately, just kind of ruins this character. In all honesty, where it's like you have a villain. Marvel has a shortage of villains. Keep him. Yeah. Especially if you're teased. Like, look, I'm gonna jump ahead. If you're teasing a Hulk sequel, try keeping the Hulk villain intact instead of just kind of taking him off the table completely. Guys, Marvel Studios has undone so many things so quickly that I'm not even worried about that. (laughs) I guess. Yeah, but okay, so here's the thing, right? I agree with Paolo basically uh, in most of the things that he said. I felt like at the beginning... Even the sweatshops? No, not the sweatshops. I felt like at the beginning... Like You're making beginning, little abomination toys. <laughs> for Hasbro. It's a Hasbro sweatshop. Uh, so basically, you know, I, I actually really, really thought the uh, the idea of Jennifer Walters needing to represent 
Emil Blonsky, who clearly had history with her cousin. Uh, I, 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 in I an found underrated that, movie. I, yeah, The Incredible Hulk is incredibly underrated. Um, I, I felt like all that was really, really kind of compelling, you know, and it offered a, an opportunity to explore things in a legality kind of sense that was uh, that, that felt very interesting to me. And I dug the idea of him being reformed to an extent. Like I liked how Emil Blonsky was able to offer a new, fresh perspective on what happened in The Incredible Hulk. And, you know, he really was used. He was used by the U.S. government. He was just a tool. So so I found that very, very compelling. Um, but then when they really started to dive more into the sweatshops, I mean, uh, sweat lodge stuff, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 that's kind of where it lost me a little bit. I didn't really buy this Marine. I, I don't buy him as becoming this type of person. Because I feel like it's just too radically different. Uh, what, did, what did Wong do to him? It just, it just, yeah, exactly. It just turned the character, I feel, into a joke, but not a good one, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's just like, he turned into a joke, and even if you don't see it, like, let's say even if that sort of transformation could happen, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. They should have really just stuck with him being reformed to an extent. And on all, in all honesty... I like where you're kind of going with that whole like, you know, approaching it from a legality standpoint and a really interesting thing this show could have done would be like really leave it ambiguous as to whether or not he was reformed mm. and that Jen was basically potentially representing someone that could relapse and go yeah. back into the that destruction. Yeah. And it's like, how will Jen be able to do that? What kind of thoughts is she going to go through? What are the moral implications of it? But instead it's like, no, let's watch him, a man who looks like a bull, a man bull. the door, <laughs> yeah, and, oh my and a God. giant porcupine be in a sweat lodge. It's like... Yeah, I, you know, exactly. I almost That would have been a really, really great kind of premise for the whole season, I feel, her representing Emil and make it an actual courtroom drama that's a comedy at the same time. No, you... <laughs> that would I can't fun. see a courtroom drama that's a comedy at the same time. That's, well, no, no you, can have, you can have comedic elements, but I feel Why like not? that would have no. been a strong element of drama. Just look at most Marvel movies. They manage to balance drama with comedy fairly well. Like, look at Winter Soldier, or look at... Yeah, but to call those Civil movies War. a comedy, it's like you're a joker if you call Winter Soldier a comedy. Okay, yeah, there's a, there's like, a couple of quips here and there, but it's not a comedy. You're, you're focusing like, on the wrong point. The point is yeah. they could have balanced the comedy with an actually riveting legal case. Like And like comics do it all the time where it's like the trial of X, the trial of Y, or it's like that would have been a cool premise. The trial of Abomination slash Emil Blonsky, where it's like, you know, and you can even apply that sort of like, do you call him Abomination? Do you call him Emil Blonsky? And it's like, you have so much really cool ideas. And then they just kind of fumbled it because they want to do funny jokes. They want to do like a sitcom. They want to do slice of life when it's like, that's not what you should be doing with something like this. Anyway, so we talked a lot about Emil Blonsky. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got my points in about him. It's fine. <laughs> so next, what is that? Episode four now, technically, after all the Blonsky stuff. So Wong. Wong was fun. I like I, Wong. I thought Wong, that, out of all the episodes, that was like, okay, this is just going to be like a standalone kind of contained courtroom sort of uh, trial episode. I thought that was probably the most fun one just because, man, we love, we, love, we love some Wong. Like some big old Wong. I love some big old Wong. I mean, who doesn't? Wongers. He's a great guy. He's watching one of my favorite shows, The Sopranos, even though uh, Madison spoiled it for him. That kind of made me very sad, but you know. I don't remember what she said. I still haven't seen The Sopranos, and I don't remember what she said, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, thank God. I'm not going to spoil it for you because it's such a good show, and everyone should watch it. I'm definitely going to get around to watching HBO's The Sopranos. That's a good fucking anime right there. Anime? Yeah, you didn't know it's an anime, along with King of the Hill. <laughs> I just speaking, of, speaking could, of cartoons, uh, a lot of Rick and Morty influence in this. Uh, you could tell from the writers. Yeah, so I just got Gal came from Rick and Morty, so I could believe that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's sometimes it's really off-putting, and I really like Rick and Morty. It's just off-putting sometimes. I disagree. I don't know. I thought it was fine. So yeah, that episode was fun. Uh, then moving on, episode five was the uh, Titania episode, right? Where uh, there was the whole uh, legal name battle, right? Anthony, what did you think of that one? I, I I like seeing a nice legal case, you know, so it was funny that they they, uh, they kind of exposed their Tinder account and whatnot or whatever the app was called, I forgot. Like, that made for a good laugh when she's talking about, uh, mm. oh, she needs a, a reinforced bed. 
laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie. I, that legitimately did make me laugh. Right. But like, like I thought, is it a strong episode? Like, is it the greatest episode of TV I've ever seen? Right. No, but I had a good time. So, like, what more could I have asked for? Yeah, it's just like as a standalone episode of television like i thought it was fine you know like again the hate is just crazy and I, I it doesn't connect and it's okay it doesn't have to connect okay, i've seen so much bad television that like right i, I know what bad tv is and this, this was not that bad like yeah that i can agree you guys with. I, I i've watched so many years of the cwdc shows like trust me the, the this is better <laughs> not, not a very high bar but it's better better than riverdale Oh, Riverdale was great. Don't uh, the, now they're doing like multiverse stuff in it. It's ridiculous, oh, ridiculous. Fuck. Yeah, guys, it's that show went off the rails. Like it's insane. You know, if they show animated Archie, that would be lit. Like, do you remember that old uh, Archie cartoon from when we were kids? Yeah, but they did this. I'm, I'm, we're going off topic right now, but I don't really care. There's an in the newest season. I didn't watch this, but I saw it on TikTok or something. That because they recast the actor who played Reggie in season one. And then they brought him back in the latest season, both actors, and it's like they did this multiverse story of how he got replaced. So weird, whatever. Who cares? She-Hulk, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> What's the next episode? <laughs> uh, just Jen, I believe, was the next episode after that, the, aka the wedding episode. Yeah, that yeah. episode is just that was no. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. The episode before that teasing Daredevil was so funny and so good because everyone on Twitter is like, next episode, next episode, Daredevil, Daredevil, Daredevil. Then uh, you go, the episode, the wedding episode starts, she says, ah, weddings happen at the worst time, you know, kind of like real life, and that's it. And then they put a wedding episode. Like, okay, okay, so does the breaking of the fourth wall and the very self-aware humor kind of pointing fun at itself, uh, like, does that type of humor justify the disappointment that you have for the show? Like, okay, so basically what am I trying to say is, is it, is it a valid excuse to use in a show like that so like a lot of people are complaining like oh the show's crap right but the show knows it's crap so does it make it okay <laughs> i, I, I wouldn't, don't know i wouldn't think the show's telling you yeah we're a crap show it's kind of like you nah, know the, the show literally does say that in the last yeah. episode no the last episode says that the last episode is crap it doesn't say that the whole show is crap. well it's kind of okay so like <laughs> we didn't mention the blood plot line once yet so let's just maybe yeah we didn't mention in. it once because it's not very interesting yeah we didn't <laughs> it's mention not really that relevant we didn't mention the wrecking crew my god what a talk disaster. about what a fumble were they even as guardian in the show they were not as guardian they just had as guardian gear it was guys what were they thinking what were they cooking with that i i remember watching i think that is the wrecking crew like there's no way they, they even whitewashed one of them which is like Terrible. what <laughs> Like, oh my god, uh, don't... I, I just forgot about them, you have to remind me. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the most terrible things of the show. I think that was the more disappointing than Abomination without a doubt. At least, like, Abomination is still salvageable. Wrecking Crew is like... What are you gonna... Like, what did they do with them? Like, the only way you go around is by saying, Oh yeah, that wasn't the real Wrecking Crew, this is... Only even one of them was at the sweat, sh- uh, the sweat, the sweat lodge. Uh, only one that was, was there ultimately at the end. You know, what about the rest of the team? They just, they just like, kind they of just forgot about with them. them. Like, yeah, so that was horrible. Um, but I, why, why did they even make that the Wrecking Crew? They could have just been generic goons. Like, who cares? Right? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, about the blood plot line, you know, um, it's it's such a fucking weird plot. Like, it's just like I'm 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 tired of magic blood. I'm I am a guy. Like, no, but the show knows that you're tired of magic but, blood. So does okay. So what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> them knowing that does it make it okay? Because I was I tired by magic blood when they did in the Amazing Spider-Man two. Then J.J. Abrams did it in the standalone Spider-Man comic, and now this show was doing blood again. And I'm like, okay, I think we've had it enough of blood. And then when the show pointed it out in the last episode, I'm like. Oh wow, they 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 actually knew that. That makes me uh, it makes me feel a bit better about the plotline overall, you know. Right. I don't know how I feel because it's like it kind of ventures into that territory, like walks a fine line of like, did you actually write a shitty show just to have a joke at the end pay off? And it's like at that point, why don't you just write a better show? Look, I'm gonna be real. I have a theory about this, which is based off leaks and speculation. But it's I, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm right. Mm, Interesting. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I get the feeling a lot of the last episode is reshot and reshoots because a lot of leaks did say that it's about magic blood and she ends up fighting a deformed Hulk guy and whatnot. Mm. But not too many mentioned about more. Like some leaks did mention, yeah, she goes to Marvel Studios and they she rewrites a bit, but none of them were like to this extreme. I get the feeling that they actually wrote the She-Hulk story 
and then realized as a whole once they filmed and whatnot that it's like yeah this this doesn't work that they decided to completely scrap the ending and redo it and say what if we just said it doesn't work and that's it instead of redoing the whole show and mm. that kind you of know? just feels cheap to me that's just like well fuck you should have then just wrote a better show from the beginning well, okay so i will get to episode nine uh but uh yeah the wedding episode ultimately uh i just kind of felt like we did get some good character moment stuff with jen but overall it was probably one of the weaker ones but again the show knows that it was one of the weaker ones they literally call it out for being a filler episode so it, again does it make it okay i don't know I, I, i'm telling you a lot of the fourth wall breaking humor did work for me because even when they point out that like weddings are so inconvenient that like that, that was funny like that worked for me mm-hmm. it made me forgive the episode a little bit more and, and you know we're kind of ragging on it but it was like it was a perfectly fine episode i like seeing her fight titania and like titania being like this kardashian-esque uh yeah know, i thought it was a great social satire sucks. <laughs> yeah i thought it was a great kind of social satire 100 uh, percent I love the fact that she actually knows who Daredevil is. That was that was kind of like a funny throwaway line. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like 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 yeah, I agree. Titania was fun to make her like a Kardashian type, and the and like there was a lot of good Gen moments, and like you really get to at least see more of her struggle, see her more like as Gen. But at the end of the day, it was just like the episode was just mid. It was just like if you enjoy character moments and you like the character, then it's worth seeing. But if you're just in it for the bare bones plot you're better off skipping it and then the next episode was the sweatshops <laughs> you know no but the sweat lodges with the meal blonsky and whatnot that he breaks his parole and then doesn't really show him in the abomination form even though we did it mm. yeah, but he, he got electrocuted by a fence because he had to save his favorite chicken princess <laughs> but but the reality was he was doing it because he needs money <laughs> Which is actually really funny. It's revealed in the last episode. It's like, oh yeah, he becomes Abomination to talk at shows because he really needs money and people want to see Abomination. (laughs) I I don't know. That was funny. But that being said, we already talked enough about Emil Blonsky in that whole episode. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) look, I I didn't hate the episode, but I also I was I came out of the episode thinking, yeah, I think it's all a facade, a a facade, but however you say that word. Facade. But yeah, whatever. It's all a front. (laughs) It's all a front for uh, like. Emil, he's doing something on the side. Maybe he's working with intelligentsia or like the leader or something. Then no, he's actually like a spiritual guidance coach. So yeah. can't say I was too pleased with that. Whatever. Next episode. No, no, not next episode. <laughs> I wanted to mention something. Okay, um, not next episode. Not yet. The scene when they're all having a uh, a little talk in that circle, a little uh, a little meeting, if you will. And Jen yes, that was a meeting. Yes, and Jen uh, basically describes how she feels. Uh, I thought that was actually really, really quite profound and beautiful and very sad. Um, no, that was a really well, very well moment, written. Like, yeah, really well written moment. Um, yeah, I felt for her. Absolutely, it so. just sucks that it was just surrounded by all that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I, I really wish that conversation would have happened somewhere else with different characters. You know, oh, you don't like porcupine. Oh <laughs> uh, God! Like, what a, it just felt like those characters were just such a waste. <laughs> they were, they were funny. <laughs> they <laughs> felt like Taika Waititi style characters, but I, but but worse. Yeah, yeah. guy, Manbull is an underrated character in the comics. Who doesn't love Manbull? That's real. I love the. Yeah, uh, they're all real. Uh, what was his name, Mister Immortal? Yeah, <laughs> Mister Immortal was like yeah. way earlier on. That you was, know, that was so the, funny. Did you know that that's the guy from Book of Boba Fett? Which guy from Book of Boba He's the, Fett? He's uh, the major, major Domo. Yeah, the guy who was always talking. Uh, uh, who the hell are you talking about? He gives the, the iPad with the like the screw you message. He's the Twi'lek man. Oh my god, that's him? That's yeah. fantastic. And his divorce is man. Oh my god. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was a legitimately funny side B plot that I, I actually, I forgot which episode that was in, but I enjoyed it. Right, yeah, I don't remember either. But yeah, that was funny. Okay, so cool. He was in Book of Boba Fett. I remember who you're talking about. Now. Yeah. Cool. Go watch episode one to see our thoughts on that, which I already said before. <laughs> Next episode? I guess so, yeah. Next episode. Daredevil. Woo! We're already at Daredevil. My god, it's fantastic. Yeah wanted to talk about this episode so much this, this episode is freaking incredible this is the I, best you know, episode I'll, of the season i'll be real it's kind of jarring seeing daredevil because i felt he was too acrobatic oh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is an inside joke you shall remain unnamed but the person who was a big fan of the daredevil series watched daredevil and she hulk mm-hmm. and this person said i don't know i think he's a little bit too acrobatic no, in, in in their defense I had texted them the day of like, oh my god, the episode's so good. And they finally made Daredevil acrobatic. Like, 
that was the one thing Netflix was always missing for me was acrobatic. This guy, like Daredevil, was the kind of character who should keep up with Spider-Man. Right. And in there, in Netflix, let's be honest, they never had the budget for it. Like even this, one of the showrunners was talking about it on Twitter, how much he loved the the She-Hulk episode, and I was talking about how he wishes they had the budget to do all the acrobatic stuff, but they couldn't. It, you know, Marvel Studios has uh, unlimited money, so they could do it, and it worked, and it was so cool seeing that. Yeah. And then when she watched us, I was like, oh, yeah, I was, I was so not used to seeing that. And I'm like, what do, what do you mean? It's great. Who cares? Well, also in this person's defense, if your only exposure to Daredevil has ever been the television series, and then you see him do crazy things like this, wear a different costume, it could be a little bit jarring. So I understand. They, they haven't even seen the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Can you believe that? <laughs> God. More peanuts, please. More peanuts, please. <laughs> Anyway, you know, I actually really had a good time with Daredevil. I was like, it was nice seeing it. It was like, you know, like when we were talking about with Spider-Man, when either it comes out before this, after this, whenever, it's nice seeing a familiar face again. Mm-hmm. A glup <laughs> But okay, it's not a glup because with a glup it's an obscure character that's there to make you clap. I know, I know what a glup is. <laughs> Luke Skywalker is not an obscure character. <laughs> but, you know what, I'm, but this actually served the plot, you know. <laughs> yeah, it served the plot and like at the end of the day, it works because he's also, he acts as a rival lawyer to Jen in the courtroom scene with Leapfrog. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the Leapfrog uh, plot was hilarious. Uh, uh, I thought it, it worked really, really well. well. It was, um, I love the fact that Daryl just like sniffs and he, he knows his jet fuel and his costume and whatnot. It's yeah. so good. We I, didn't mention the tailor. I also like the tailor. Although I oh, he was th- great. I did think he was a little bit too petty, uh, to be honest, towards uh, the, the whole case. Like, surround- like be a little bit reasonable, man. The you Jen? Know? Yeah, towards Jen. I think it was a little bit mean spirited. Yeah, he forgave her by the end of it. I guess. Uh, so it worked out. But I, just, um, yeah. I thought they made the humor. Like, they didn't. I know a lot of people like saying this, but they didn't really MCUify Daredevil. Well, that just <laughs> happened. <laughs> no, because they didn't make him funny, but they didn't make him like all kinds of quippy and whatnot. Like, right. you know, this and that. Like, he just had like a couple. He he was cocky, like in like in the comics I've read. Like, and I really love that about him. Like, he just had stupid good chemistry with no, Tatiana like, Maslany. He was like, saying like my ass remains unwhooped. I, I, so many people on TikTok were clowning that line. I don't care. That was funny to me. Like, they're oh my, even uh, when he's talking about when he's they're basically breaking into the base. One, he gets another hallway fight, which is great. I was gonna, I wanted to point that out so bad. So it was good. such a nice fight. But when he's fighting and he's giving Leapfrog legal advice, the guy says, This guy, a lawyer, too, is like, No, I just like legal shows. <laughs> like, it's, it's so good. Like, it's it was just clever writing. I found a, a lot in that episode, like, more so than a lot of the other episodes. Like, they really put all the effort into that one. Yeah. It felt like that was the episode that they really put all the effort in writing. And like, then they're like, oh, yeah, we have a whole other show to write. Like, they knew that they weren't going to botch Daredevil. They wanted to make the fans proud and whatnot. That would be a death sentence for the show if they fucked up Daredevil. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> People already gave up by then, so it was fine. No, even then, I feel like that would have probably killed, like, any momentum She-Hulk would have had. Because at least now that they introduced Daredevil and they did it right... Not only is it giving it momentum for like the Echo show, the Daredevil show, mm. but it's also going to give momentum for season two because it's like now we can maybe expect Daredevil to become a recurring character. And I hope he does. Well, oh my well I'm going to be honest, like a lot of people online did say that they screwed up Daredevil, but those people know nothing, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. But that being said, <laughs> it was just it was just a great episode. I that, that yellow costume. Wow, I was so happy seeing that. It didn't I, look terrible. It looked it looked good. awesome. It looked great. It was the Netflix costume, but yellow, and they kind of adjusted the belt so it doesn't look as stupid as it did in Netflix. It's such a nice co- the belt's too high on the Netflix costume, if I'm not mistaken. They didn't tweak anything else on the costume. It looked a little I, bit different to me. No? I, I'm gonna be honest. I mean, it was yellow. <laughs> I think they did. This this is like just me theorizing, so I might be wrong. But I think they did CGI the the neck so it sticks to his face, like oh. they did for Captain America. Okay. Because Netflix, a lot of times it looked a bit ridiculous when it would like you know right. open. You see the seams and everything, but when you just close it off with a bit of CG, it looks good. I'm I'm, I'm you can't see me because there's no video, but I'm like touching my face, doing like <laughs> demonstrating it. So it's really not helping for you audio listeners. Or, the, or video watchers. <laughs> yeah, but 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 he gets it. He gets it. So it's fine. Yeah. So uh, no, I just everything about that. That to me was a perfect episode. Uh, yeah. And I, it was very emotionally satisfying too. Finally seeing Jen uh, have sex with someone who, uh, <laughs> who she, <laughs> who, she uh, okay. who she kind of like admires in a sense. No, no, no. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of that, I'm gonna say this once and for all, because the most unrealistic part of the show is that nobody wanted to get with Jen. 
Like, are you serious? Yeah, like, she's come on. such a great person, such a great character, and it's Tatiana Maslany. Like, she's so pretty, who's she's so cute. No? Like, come on, there's you... a lot of desperate men out there. Who's saying no? <laughs> yeah, th- this is ridiculous. Now, she, she I'm not saying bad. that She-Hulk ain't bad, because <laughs> okay, look, the the men who want to get with She-Hulk, I kind of understand. <laughs> I can't say I don't understand that because I do. That being said, Jen is so still great too. You know, it's like I feel like that's like kind of like that main character syndrome where it's like you know it's like when you watch like an '80s or '90s movie and the girl is obviously really good looking, but then it's like oh no, she has glasses or something. So yeah, she's we've ugly. all seen she's all that. Don't worry. And then she has her, her glow up moment. Or yeah. no, or no, wait, is it she's the man? That's what, that's what I was talking about. She's the man. No, no she's the man. Is the, the soccer with Amanda movie. Bynes? No, I. What is the movie? Freddie Prince Jr. Is it She's All That? I, I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Whatever. I, I sound like, like a goof. All, I'm a bit tired, guys. I'm sorry. Not another say, teen movie. Uh, no. Just to say that I was willing to forgive and like throw that in the back of my mind because it's like it's just that main character syndrome where it's like you kind of have to suspend your disbelief because like Jen is a great person, great character. She's really good looking, and it's like her not being able to find the date is like obviously unrealistic but like it works for what they're trying to do sure but it is um, it is she's all that i looked it up while you guys were talking amazing <laughs> i just wanted to prove myself right good you know your movie trivia Woo. Uh, i only said the wrong title twice <laughs> so, and then that episode ends with uh, i thought a really excellent at the time i thought a really excellent cliffhanger involving intelligentsia and uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, She-Hulk uh, raging out, and it's honestly not where I thought it was gonna go. That was like a lot darker than I thought. I I didn't think yeah. Marvel Studios would do something like you that. You didn't think they were gonna leak She-Hulk sex tape? N- you calling me a fool for not? Or <laughs> <laughs> like it's? But did they really s- leak the sex tape? Where is it? Where can I find it? I want it to be proven <laughs> honestly, for real. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's I didn't think like Marvel Studios. <laughs> It's like it's always sunny. Where Mac is like, oh, that's disgusting. Where, where can I find it? <laughs> no, but I, I'm gonna. Be, I didn't think Marvel Studios would do a revenge porn storyline. So. Yeah, it was definitely a little bit like yikes. But like, I'm sorry to say, Jen was justified for smashing that TV screen. What can I tell you? Yeah, like, she was justified in honestly ripping the guy's head off too. In in my opinion. But I also, again, it feels like another really uh, kind of compelling social commentary. It reminds me of a lot of like actual celebrities getting their sex tapes leaked or their their nudes leaked. You know, or even that, revenge porn in general too. Revenge it's porn a, in general, that horrible invasion of privacy that many women and especially women as celebrities who actually have to go through getting their stuff leaked. It's just it's just a horrible feeling so i'm glad that that show kind of covered that at least temporarily uh for a cliffhanger episode yeah and then it did nothing no i wouldn't say they did nothing because they do end up resolving it because that's like (laughs) that's actually one of the plot lines they do resolve like she tells him i'll see you in court basically telling him yeah you're fucked buddy like yeah you're you're losing that case so yeah so they they did resolve it it's just they didn't do a big you know so Big okay, thing. so so look, episode nine. What was going through your head when the clearly horrible episode was playing out? What the fuck is going on? You know what I thought. I'm yeah. like, hey, look at that! It's every other Disney Plus finale. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry to say, I I wasn't hate. I wasn't hating it because it felt like every other Disney Plus finale. Like the second, no, but like I I, I kinda- when Titania jumped in, I'm like, okay, well they're really going off the rails now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, but then Hulk comes into him, like, where is, where No, the when Hulk came in, I'm like, okay, but then he started punching Abomination, I'm like, oh my god, are we getting a 2008 rematch? This is what I wanted from the beginning. <laughs> but then it kind of, when it cuts to the Disney Plus screen, I'm like, oh my god, what are they, what are they cooking up? No, no, the second they, it booted us, I was on the phone watch, watching it with my girlfriend, and she was like, wait, what? Like, she, she was so confused, she's like, did I press something wrong? <laughs> so I just, like, thought, like, wow, this is, like, absolutely brilliant. And from that point on, call it a cop-out, if you will, but I just absolutely love the rest of the episode. No, it, to me, that I, I like when they push boundaries and take risks. That, to me, was a big risk, and I got to respect them for it. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Like, if you're online and you're calling it trash and you're very upset, like, I could understand sort of where you're coming from. It might not be for you, but um, it, It's it very out me. of left field, you know, because, like, yeah. they really jumped the shark in a way, but... Look, I, I always loved the John Byrne Shield comics, and that's exactly what it reminded me of, so I couldn't have been mad with exactly. it. Exactly. Was it the last issue that he did where uh, she basically comes out of the comic book panel? Like, she's ripping, like, the comic book I panel. I think it's she's the last talking. issue, but he does it in a couple. Yeah, like, she he, talks directly to John Byrne, the writer, it, you know. So. It's like, no, but it's like, even when you look at the first cover of his run, it's her saying, buy this comic, otherwise I'm going to come through your house and rip up your X-Men. Like, you know? it, she always talks to the audiences and challenges them, like... 
seeing what they did with Marvel Studios, how she actually went to the headquarters was so funny. Like, I, I thought that episode works so much better if you actually know about the inner workings of Marvel Studios and the non-disclosure agreements and, and all that stuff. Uh, I thought I, I, w- I was literally almost on the floor for how freaking hard I, I was laughing. I was literally like speechless. Like, I, I couldn't just, believe it. I thought it was brilliant. Paulo really wants to say something. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like <sighs> at the end of the day, it's like, it just kind of feels like a justification for poorly writing a show. And then it's like, they point out the stuff where it's like, Oh, it's a, marvel machine and like yeah like well like kevin like literally gives a whole new meaning to the marvel machine and yeah like, yeah literally and yeah. it's like you know it's all robotic and the, you know the vfx team it's like okay you're pointing all this shit out but like one these are kind of problems especially the vfx stuff because like marvel's abusing their artists and now it's kind of being played off as a joke. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> but like, they didn't play it off as a joke. They just, you're acting, uh, whatever. Okay, they, they played it off as a joke. I may, no, but I they don't them. abuse the art, whatever. Okay, I may they do me- abuse the artist, but they didn't play off as a joke, their okay. abuse. <laughs> okay, that maybe I'm being a bit melodramatic, but like at the yes. end of the day, I just didn't enjoy the fact that it's like, well, we could have had a resolution to not only Jen's arc, to seeing what's going on with Intelligentsia, getting basically an actual resolution to the series we just kind of got like this we're clever writing team because we realize we don't know how to wrap up this show or like how to write this so let's just point it out what if you knew for a fact that it was their plan all along honestly i would kind of say fuck that idea write an actual show write an actual ending interesting nah <laughs> see for this particular show i dig it if they do this again in something like a season two or you know they're gonna do it in deadpool probably uh, and that's no, gonna just not. be. We're as, not gonna complain about stupid. future potential. Okay, we're not, we're not gonna true. do this. I, I, look, I think this is good as a one and done kind of but thing. And guys, I don't you know. think they're gonna do this every season because it's gonna like no. Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige, Kevin the robot even says, <laughs> "Yeah, well, we now you're locked out. You're not coming back in here." Like they pretty much confirmed it's a one and done. He yeah. literally says it. Yeah. And look, also, I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna get this off my chest finally. They talk about the VFX being expensive, not about being that they have no time or no effort. They talk about it being expensive. They just say it as a budget joke and that's it. It's not about the artists and whatnot. My God, it works so much. When Kevin goes, uh, we already moved on to our next project and you just hear the do-do-do, the no, Wakandan he, drums. Got Ludwig Garnson's score of <laughs> for Wakanda made me laugh so hard because it caught me by surprise. Oh, it's so funny. I maybe. vividly remember, Stefano, if you're listening to this, um, <laughs> he's totally not, but if uh, no, maybe I'll send it to you so you can listen to this episode. Um, when we watched Civil War together in theaters, one of our friends was just like at the end of the movie, he's like, dude, like every time Black Panther was on screen, they just played this little like, uh, like African like whistle type uh, yeah. sound effect. And Henry he just, Jackman. He just died of laughter. So this kind of reminded me of that. Henry Jackman was cooking when he was composing Civil War. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, that's it. I, I guess, yeah, like for me, it's just like, I felt like this show would have worked much better having an actual resolution than doing that. I feel like that's very much. Something that should have been dedicated to like a series finale where it's like after two, three seasons, that's how it ends. I thought, well, actually, I think, number one, that would be more disappointing as a series finale if that's the way they decide to end it. I kind of disagree with Paolo in the sense that I feel uh, it was it, it wrapped up a little bit too cleanly. I, th- I feel like um, we were all look, we were all sort of expecting yeah, Daredevil spun out of nowhere. That was funny to me. Oh, dude, when Daredevil <laughs> first. OK, sidetrack side when Daredevil. When Daredevil did a superhero landing, like literally out of nowhere, just coming into the scene was so funny. Uh, But anyway, um, I I feel like the show kind of wrapped up itself uh, a little bit too cleanly because we were expecting the leader uh, for Intelligentsia. We were expecting a bigger bad, someone behind the scenes, because with all this news now about Captain America, New World Order, we know that the leaders in that film and we were very clearly expecting the person who wanted Jen's blood to probably be the leader or someone like the leader. So... Having it just be that douchebag, uh, Todd, 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 um, and then you kind of don't really get any sense of ambiguity left over, or kind of like where's this gonna go? It just kind of like wraps itself up with a pretty little bow, in a sense. It's not satisfying at all. I, I, I so in my how I disagree with Paolo is that you know I just felt like maybe they could have left it a little bit more open ended for uh, further exploration in the next Captain America or maybe even a She-Hulk season two. Now we might get to see that trial with Todd. 
Uh, but my money says we're not going to. Do you yeah. happen off screen like a lot of Marvel Studios, like uh, like Far From Home? I <laughs> want to sit next to MJ on the plane. <laughs> Enough plus, with the MJ! <laughs> plus, the, the writing team admitted they don't know how to write courtroom scenes. Uh, out of context oh, quotes. <laughs> you, you could tell because a lot of the legal stuff, I'm like, ah, I'm not a lawyer, but that uh, doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, it was just, wow, look at this guy. He watched Better Call Saul. <laughs> fantastic show. <laughs> and I guess the final thing we have to talk about, yeah. the man with the fucked up haircut. Oh my God, Scar, yeah. Yo, well, Stan Lee in Sakaar really botched that man's head. If you guys what don't remember, was he doing? If you guys don't remember in Ragnarok, Stan Lee had a cameo where he was a barber, basically, and he was had to cut Thor's hair. So, I, yeah, he probably... I, I'm <laughs> yeah. surprised they really did commit to the idea of putting Scar in the MCU. Yeah, that that's that's wild to me. I'm really into that. I want to see where that goes, but, like, his character design is kind of shit. I, yeah, he looked horrible. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm going to be real with you guys. As a Hulk fan, I never really liked the character that much. Oh, yeah. I, oh, that's I've, fair. I've never been a fan of him. So seeing him in the show, I was already like, ugh. And seeing him look even uglier than he did in the comics, I'm really like, ah. Because in the <laughs> comics, he basically looked like hulked out Conan the Barbarian. Yes, yeah. Yes. And that's kind of cool. Well, that's he, a cool He grew aesthetic. up on a gladiator planet. Like, I could believe that. This, this one, I don't know. Like, you can always do a... They always change the design. So I'm, I'm, I guarantee you they're going to change it. Also, for those listening, uh, in case you're not aware of who we're talking about, Scar is Hulk's son, okay? There yeah. There you go. Who shows up in the last episode. Last episode. Which you think... Kevin Feige, uh, Kevin the Robot, <laughs> is about to say, oh, but Hulk needs to bring, and then she Hulk says, save for the movie. Yes. Which is funny, because like, oh, does that mean they're making a Hulk movie, maybe? Who knows? Well, I mean, the rights are going to expire either this year or next year, so... They might already be expired for Universal, because Universal uh, co-owns the rights of Marvel Ruffalo Studios for said, distribution. As Mark Ruffalo once said, take that, Universal. But <laughs> that being said, also, we, we didn't mention this, I'm going to mention this now. I'm kind of jumping back and forth, whatever. First mention of the X-Men in the MCU, which is kind of yeah. insane <laughs> when you think about it. It's so funny. Her joke about smashing Matt Murdock was hilarious. That was also good. That being said, Scar is a character I don't like. Speaking <laughs> of smashing Matt Murdock, smash that like button. <laughs> smash that like button. Don't please. forget to smash that like button. But more importantly, Scar sucks. The design is terrible. He looks like Timothy Chalamet on John Cena's body. I don't really understand <laughs> why they designed him like that. I, I I'm gonna be real. They're they're gonna change the design. They they're they're gonna change. Like I'm not too worried, but it's like we see him for two seconds. They're gonna change that. Oh design. no, hundred percent. But it's just like it kind of just sucks that he's fucking ugly. It, not even in face. It's just what is that haircut? What did the barber do to him? And he's just like. <laughs> it's Paulo is like doing. I don't even know how to describe what Paulo just did with his body. He like just a, did like a muscle man type of like. Posture. It's just, I, I, just, I just don't like the design, and I don't like that character. So it really didn't make me feel better about it. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. That being said, uh, the first appearance I have upstairs is uh, very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very good for me. So yeah, I guess that that's our thoughts on She-Hulk and uh, Scar's fucked up hairline. That being said, uh, this is actually I don't know if you guys realize this, but this is actually the last Marvel Studios TV show for 2022. Huh. You know what that means? Ranking time! Oh, not the ranking again! <laughs> Are we gonna rank the MCU shows? Let's do it from the top! Uh, no, no, no. I was trying to wrap up so we avoid this. No more rankings. They know our rankings. They it's know tradition. It. We gotta rank every MCU show. Okay. Every episode we do it. Okay. So basically, fine. okay, so here's what I think. Uh, for those watching on YouTube. Is it a hard question for you? No. Uh, no, it's not an impossible question for me. Okay, there. I thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, I'm going to change it up a little bit this time, okay? So for those watching on YouTube, I'm just going to throw up what our old rankings were. Uh, for myself, it's probably, I don't know, it's, uh, it's near the bottom for sure because overall, I'm, if I, I really have to be fair, it wasn't as even as I, as I thought it could be and it definitely wasn't as strong as some of the other shows or most of the other shows maybe even all of the other shows so what I'm going to say is this I'm going to say it's in between probably Hawkeye or What If maybe around What If so the bottom essentially well I'll, I'll put it just underneath Miss Marvel and whatever was like around that era just put so it you think it's better Ms. than Hawkeye? Uh, yeah I'd say so I think maybe I don't know I guess I, I didn't think too hard about this ranking, and uh, I'm, I'm tired of ranking, so it, it it's there. Just put it under Miss Marvel for now. It, subject to change. Who knows? Paolo. Moon Knight. Miss Marvel. Loki. Uh, no, you said WandaVision, I think. WandaVision. Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Hawkeye. Cap. Or the other way. Yes, Cap. Cap and Winter Soldier, right? Then Hawkeye. Not Falcon. Hawkeye. What's the other fucking shows that came what out? If. What if? That's it. What if 
She-Hulk above what if. Okay, cool. So basically like my, like me. Okay, for the bottom. Point being, you know, we ranked it, guys. Like, I don't know. We, no more rankings from now on. We're doing it every time. <laughs> even, when that's we, that. even when we review uh, Peacemaker, we're going to put it in our MCU <laughs> ranking. <laughs> and don't forget to support your local comic book stores. Hey, that's my line. No, but seriously, guys, if you haven't done it yet uh, throughout this video uh, or this podcast audio only listening experience, if you are listening on Spotify, Apple or your podcast platform of choice, please consider following uh, the Reference Point podcast. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, like I said, smash that like button. OK, I want you to hit that notification bell. I want you to subscribe and I want you to share the video because it really helps us out a lot. And uh, it really gives us that motivation to keep going. And like I said, that's all YouTube really cares about are those subscriber numbers. So pump those up for OAR TV. There's a lot of really great content from a lot of really great artists on there. And don't forget to leave a comment. Are we MCU shills or are we... Are we I know I am. Misogynists. Are we misogynists? Are we just like promoting feminist propaganda? All you decide. You decide. There is, there is no right or wrong. Anyway, so that's the show. Take care. Bye-bye. And don't forget to support your local comic books. We already said it. Shut the Too late. Up. I already said it again. <laughs> Bitch.